0: Everybody, welcome to the Whiskey Sessions podcast. This is A here with B Pimp, episode 138. B Pimp, how
1: are you feeling? I'm feeling good. 38 is a barren wasteland for jersey numbers. The only person I could find was Victor Kriapa. Who is that? (laughs) He was, I know him only because he was briefly on the Bulls. He was a pile of Kriapa. And and not a pile of Victor. No, he's from Russia. I don't, mean to, I don't mean to dump on, no pun intended, on Victor, but I, he wasn't very good. He didn't. I think he went back to Russia and played professionally for a longer time, but that's how bad the pickings were at that's 38. That's weird.
0: 37 was really slim, too.
1: The high 30s are not popular.
0: No, apparently not. Uh, well, I mean, speaking of basketball, uh, we, of course, were past the finals, and the Warriors won it all. Way to go, B-Pimp.
1: Hey, we were, I could see it. I mean, I don't think I'm, I'm not trying to say I'm Karnak or anything. They were playing pretty damn good, but you could tell they had this, like, there was an edge to them. It really
0: was. And once I saw like some of these other players really step up, especially Andrew Wiggins, which, you know, I, I I like Andrew Wiggins and he's super talented. But you really haven't known throughout his career if he would step up in big moments or not. He hasn't had a lot of opportunity in big moments. But he stepped
1: up in the finals. Yeah, he did.
0: Um, he definitely did. He
1: earned himself some money,
0: I think. Yeah, he did. I, uh, I went to... I've never been to a championship parade before. I went to the Warriors parade in San Francisco. And it was just fun. It was weird to be around that many people. Uh, I mean... Yeah. I, got COVID not that long ago, so I, I, I'm in this like bubble of feeling invincible, basically, um, but it just, I went to, it was along Market Street in San Francisco, area just reeked of weed. But
1: hey, I, I want to get- Smoke give them a, if you got them.
0: Yeah, smoke them if you got them. I want to give a shout out to uh, Bay Area Rapid Transit, BART. Uh, it was easy, smooth sailing, getting to San Francisco and back during the parade, despite that many people. Not enough people compliment public transit when it goes well. I mean, it's just noticeable when it goes poorly. But I got to say, BART was on their ship. It was great.
1: So you were not saying iCarumbo when you were on
0: the... I was not. I wasn't saying have a cow, dude. (laughs) I was about to say cowabunga, and then I'm like, wait a minute. (laughs)
1: That's a a mashup.
0: Yeah, Uh, they're all the same. But... um, Maggie always says she references. She's the only person I know who references the show dinosaurs, which is like, I,
1: I love that love it, show, but
0: it's like a pretty blatant ripoff by the Simpsons, but she'll yeah. say I'm the baby or like, what is it? Uh, gotta love me. <laughs> yeah. How <laughs> often is
1: Maggie referencing dinosaurs? Cause it's great. Seven,
0: eight times a day. Yes, like, It's enough. Enough mags.
1: Oh, uh, it's great.
0: Yeah. But we, uh, okay. Finals are over. Finals parade was over. Then it was the draft, and we have got to talk about the draft.
1: Seattle zone went number one, Paolo. I think
0: the first time it happened, he went to O'Day High School, which I did like a basketball camp at. I think I referenced that on one of our last episodes. Um, I was super see- happy to see him go first because the common thought was that Jabari would go first, then Chet, and then Paolo to the Rockets at third. Right. Yeah. Uh, Chet stayed where he was. He, he feels like an Oklahoma City Thunder kind of player. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I mean that negatively. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Palo went first instead. Up-ending, yeah. upending the common thought there. So congratulations to him.
1: They also, yeah, that's great. And there was also, I was also surprised that um, Keegan Murray went fourth instead of Jaden and Ivey. And again, the Kings seem to make decisions based on like, how excited the player seems to be about going to Sacramento, which seems like the worst possible way to run a draft to me.
0: It is. I noticed. Did you see that in the second round, they drafted Nick Stauskas again?
1: <laughs> <laughs> he, he went back to the G League and got yeah. like re-eligible for the draft. Yeah, no, I really like, oh, Stauskas is on the
0: Celtics actually.
1: And I like yeah. him because
0: he's Lithuanian. He's not oh, yeah. Canadian, Lithuanian, he's like American, but still, or actually might be Canadian. I don't even know, but he's um, good. I I do like him also. Yeah. How are you feeling about the Bulls after the draft?
1: I'm feeling pretty good. I was actually surprised. I heard a lot of chatter before the draft that they were going to look for maybe a larger forward. Like EJ Liddell was the name I heard the most. Mm. My real hope going into the draft, I was like glued to my CBS Sports NBA draft tracker during this. I was waiting and waiting. I wanted Jalen Duran from memphis who ended up going to the pistons who did awesome i'm very scared about what the pistons are doing um but he was the guy i really wanted he's like a super athletic like bam out of bio type um from memphis oh, and okay. he ended up getting snagged like in the early teens and and then mark williams who was another like defensive specialist center went like a couple picks before to the hornets so i was like damn i was bummed but then i like the guy they got dalen terry from arizona he's like Six seven, like kind of slight build, but like really already excellent defensively and just kind of his limitations are in offense. But from everything I've heard about him, he's just like one of those guys that he's like a Swiss Army knife. Like he just does whatever it takes and like high energy intensity kind of competitive player. So Especially in today's NBA, you can't have enough of those kind of players. Yeah, absolutely. That's how the Warriors,
0: you know, outside of Steph Curry especially in the early run, how they were so successful is that they just had an endless supply of athletic, do whatever it takes, 6-8 to, well, 6-6 six, six to 6-8 six, or 9 players
1: to yeah. go wings. And that totally worked. It seems like a good business plan right now in the NBA. Every team seems to be, or most teams seem to be targeting those guys. They're like the highest value kind of players just because, he, like you said, I mean, it helps to just be so, um, so much more flexible on defense Mm -hmm. when you have a lot of those guys. And I think you can see what happens when the bulls who had, who have Patrick Williams already, who that is what he projects to be like if he works out. So they're just trying to get more. And then they're, they only had one pick because they had that Lonzo ball penalty where they forfeited their second round pick, but Mm -hmm. um, they got Justin Lewis from Marquette as an undrafted free agent right after the draft ended. And he was, I saw him listed as like the best player who didn't get drafted for Marquette. Another, he's like six, seven, like two forty, and just a, a bit bigger, but same, almost the same kind of like scouting report, just with a little bit more offensive skill already. So Arquette it seems to some talent too. Yeah, absolutely. They always seem to have players getting drafted. I liked, I liked what they did. Um, I'm really, I, the Pistons just, what they're doing and with the amount of money they still have left I'm a little bit worried. Yeah, and
0: you you look at the Pistons rocket, roster and you can tell they're like they're just like eight or nine players away from being like a really good playoff team
1: exactly from being dominant in the league <laughs> yeah. they're, they're like an uh early <laughs> an Isaiah Thomas clone from the early 80s <laughs> yeah. from being dominant Another. but now they got uh Durin and they got uh, Jaden Ivey who slipped to five and then they they also got a bunch of future first round picks for like trading back they just I like what they're doing so it'll yeah, be good yeah
0: um, all right I uh, it's this is always the time of year that I kind of just miss a little bit because you know after the draft ends and there's a few trades I mean you have summer
1: league and those kind of things but it gets a little quiet uh, yeah so. there's a gap I'm going to try to watch some summer league though, and see some of these young guys. That would be awesome. Yeah. Uh, let's fly out to Vegas and do it. Yes.
0: Um, all right. For this episode, we're not talking anything about basketball. Well, I mean, we could be, I suppose, potentially. But we're actually talking about the best documentaries, whether they're movies or series uh, of all time uh you made the call on this one and i'm glad you did i I don't know how we haven't done this before and this was really a hard list to put together i had to really think back to all the ones that i've seen um and then narrowing it down was it was
1: tough yeah very hard to rank i have some i'm a documentary nerd so i have like some probably a little bit more obscure ones it's like my favorite genre of stuff so We'll see. i I was very happy. It was I was very much going down memory lane with some of these that I haven't watched in a while. So Yeah.
0: Maggie's definitely a
1: big documentary
0: person too. I I think I generally am not I think I usually want to like escape with something that's not real life. Yeah. But at the same time I've still seen a bunch and yeah, they really are some of the best movies I've seen. Yeah. There's a lot of good ones. But it also reminded me in going through just combing through documentaries that are out there uh, to see if I was missing any that I forgot about. There are a lot that I realize I still want to see as well.
1: Yeah, I have the same feeling.
0: Yeah. Uh, So we'll get to that list in a second, but we are the Whiskey Sessions podcast, which means we have a whiskey to try. But this one, I, I wouldn't even say it's a whiskey. It's more of a whiskey product. And I'm both excited and scared to try it. What I have for this episode is Jameson cold brew, which is Jameson Irish whiskey infused with natural cold brew
1: coffee flavor. I'm so excited. This is maybe the one of the most exciting, like on the edge of my seat I am to hear, see what happens with your whiskey that you try. Yeah. I think this
0: is a new product uh, or at least it seems like it was getting advertised as such. It says it's limited edition. It's uh it's thirty percent alcohol by volume, so just sixty proof. And honestly, I'm curious. I'm actually not. I'm not generally one of those types of people that drinks Irish coffee. Uh, wink. <laughs> 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 I don't like my morning coffee. That'd be crazy. Uh, do you drink? Do you drink uh, cold brew
1: ever? Like on its to-
0: There's Like honestly, not when you really. drink coffee. It has to okay. be really so. It has to be so hot for me to want a cold coffee. Okay. Although lately it's been, it, it got to a hundred degrees here the other day.
1: <sighs> it's like,
0: I'm so thankful we got air conditioning in our house. That was all Maggie too. I think I would have gone without it because most Bay area houses don't have it, but Holy crap.
1: It's getting hot. Yeah, it's a, I don't know what's happening. Yeah. I don't know what could possibly cause it, but nothing No. Um, all right. I'm pouring it
0: into my glass. A little bit more than normal. I do have it on the rocks because if it's gonna
1: say it's like cold brew, I should probably make it cold. Follow, I'm following the logic so far. I can't. Oh, I want to see what the color is. The
0: color is. Let's take a look at this.
1: Can oh we, wow! Yeah, it looks like it coffee. looks like coffee almost.
0: Yeah, give it a smell. I, I'm assuming it'll not be your standard whiskey smell. I can definitely it hits all the notes I expect it to. I, I definitely smell the coffee. I get the whiskey sense. I even get a little bit and it, it says about this on the, uh, the bottle as well, but it smells almost like, I don't want to say burnt. That sounds bad, but like toasted as they say, toasted. Okay. Beer, uh, in dark chocolate. And I think I actually even detect the chocolate as well.
1: <sighs> so here we go. First yes. Step. So excited. It looks like you're drinking coffee from a whiskey glass
0: mm-hmm yeah I wonder if I should have had this in a coffee mug instead with your slippers on and your feet up yeah all right so first sip. Uh, it's not as sweet as I feared it would be and I mean that in the most complimentary sense okay I do get like a a little bit of like some kind of caramely chocolate notes but like pretty mild uh and the coffee f- flavor itself is Is present, but again, it's not overwhelming the taste palette. There, Um, I don't get much of a sensation beyond that—a little bit of warming, um, but not too much there. I give it a a second sip. All right, second sip. He's deep in thought. I can tell, like Jack Handy. It it is. It's like my favorite Jack Candy is. I'm not going to remember the whole thing, but it's. It ends with "We are gonna go to Disneyland," but it was getting late. <laughs>
1: yeah, I think he's talking about being out with his dad or something. Isn't he? <laughs> um, hmm. I love those. I read a novel that he wrote. It was really
0: good. Oh, it's is it like him on a beach or an island or something? Yeah, I gotta read that. It's good.
1: It's yeah, it's ridiculous. I laughed a lot. It's very yeah, okay. I got it's hilarious. It yeah uh
0: yeah i i mean i even read leslie nielsen's fake biography or fake autobiography and i thought that was funny so i definitely like those types of things
1: i was i just watched um naked gun recently he's leslie nielsen is the, was the best
0: he was i think it's because he, he started as an actual dramatic actor so he could play like a straight man really
1: effectively. It, unbelievably well yes yeah all right i'm doing the third sip. while you're doing the third sip, i'm going to tell a bad joke um what did one egg say to the other your yolks are cranking me up hey oh the joke
0: probably works better in russia (laughs) (laughs) it
1: kills in russia yes you're right
0: man i i'm a little bit on this one because it yeah i can tell it's I think it's better than I expected, uh, but the taste is like maybe too mild, if that's possible.
1: You want but maybe a little more of that infused flavor, kind maybe, of. Maybe because I remember
0: trying this banana flavored whiskey, which I might have even put on the smooths. Right, I'm not sure I should have done that, but it was like they went for it, and it was like yeah. really banana. I was like, holy crap, this. This makes me feel like, and maybe that it it is to be expected, but they, they kind of did put their foot on the brake a little bit. They're like, okay, let's, let's make sure the flavors are like really not overpowering at all in any particular direction. And I kind of feel like by doing that, there's nothing that profound about it.
1: Okay. I've been there. I know where you're, where you're at with that. We've had other whiskeys that had that problem.
0: Yeah. I I'm gonna take the, I would say it's unprecedented except I've absolutely done it before. Fourth sip, just to see where I want to fully land on this. Okay. I really I really gotta. There's no other whiskey like this. I've had nothing mixed with a cold brew before, so let me let me just see.
1: You also have to picture like, can you if you had this in a thermos on your way to the office on that ferry that we took? Like, are you? Are you going to be yeah. feeling good or are you going to be upset?
0: I mean, I definitely won't be upset. Man, this is hard. You know, I'm, I'm actually choosing to look on the positive. Like, I this is, my first instinct was this was better than I expected. I should put it on the smooth train. And then with every other sip, I was like, yeah, but maybe they should have gone for it a little bit more. But now I'm circling back and thinking but I probably wouldn't have actually liked it if it had a really strong coffee taste or did too much there. So I'm actually going to put this on the smooth frame, Jameson. All right. You're getting on the train. Nice. It doesn't have a seat. It's going to have to like stand up probably, but you're on the train.
1: It's making the train move a little bit faster because it's on there because of the coffee. Um, so yeah
0: check it out i mean if for no other reason i probably won't buy this again but i'm not mad that i have it and if uh you're curious enough to see what whiskey mixed with cold brew and a prepackaged thing tastes like it's pretty good
1: all right i like it
0: all right so now i feel like very amped up to talk about documentaries uh so let's do it anything else you want to cover before we jump into the list
1: No, I'm just excited to
0: talk about it. All right. Uh, Without further ado, these are our top five documentaries.
1: More than four, less than six. It's the top five.
0: Okay, B-Pimp, what's your number five?
1: My number five is a fantastic documentary that is called Harlan County, USA. Hmm, I have not heard of this one. It is from 1976 and it covers the Brookside strike, which was um, a strike in 1973 of about 180 coal miners and their wives against the Duke power company owned East over coal companies Brookside mine in Harlan County, Kentucky. And it won the Academy award the year it came out. And it's very, very um, interesting because it covers like labor strife in a
0: in a, that's a topic I'm already
1: fascinated by, but they show a lot of the like intimidation and violence that this like big money company tries to use to get these people to break the strike. And it's, mm. it's pretty powerful. It's a really, really excellent, um, excellent documentary, really lots of twists and turns and riveting things happening. That's I don't know. I find that kind of
0: stuff really interesting too.
1: Um,
0: yeah. I, I think I might want to check that one out then.
1: There's lots of good music in it too. I forgot to mention. It's like, uh, um, folk music that, you know, like, you know, songs to keep morale up and stuff. Oh, nice. And it's really good.
0: I kind of have, uh, well, you mentioned the seventies and that type of music. That's that's on my list a little bit later. Um, but my number five is 2006's Jesus camp.
1: Oh, I forgot about Jesus camp all oh, completely. I think I like the
0: I, I like Jesus Camp a lot uh and again I've only seen so many documentaries so it's not gonna be the most complete list ever there were moments of Jesus Camp where a, a lot of people had talked to me about how crazy this movie was before I would even seen it to the point where I almost actually didn't think it was that crazy when I watched it and right. I think if you watch it w- with today's society in mind it probably seems pretty t- like mild honestly
1: yeah like why did they make a movie about this is people just being nice
0: (laughs) yeah uh but there are some moments in it where like a kid who would normally be coloring uh i don't know anything um is just using one color brown to draw one thing just a giant cross yeah and that is it i think what's stunning about that movie is just like whatever this kind of like born again church is doing to just crush anyone's imagination. I don't
1: know. Yeah. I, yeah, I, that one. I mean, I, I grew up in the Catholic Church, which I have, you know, my own qualms with. But I mean, it's there are parts of it that remind me of my experience in that, but like Lisa went to it, not to this extreme, but she was a part of a church through like her teenage years, that was kind of like a non-denominational, you know, very similar, but just not as extreme. And she talks about when we watched it, she's just like, yeah, this is, <laughs> it's a lot.
0: Yeah. And they also speak in like tongues. Kind of yeah. Too. Uh, so that's like another level,
1: but right. it,
0: was, it was interesting. Yeah. All right. What's your number four?
1: My number four is Jasper Mall. Another one. Um, I, be- oh. I recommend it. It's on Prime Video. It came out in 2020. Um, it's about a mall in Alabama that is dying, and I'm al- I'm already super fascinated by that topic because we have a ton of those in the Struggleland area. Like a lot of the um, like Harvey and a lot of the South suburbs that had industrial um, economies that failed, and now they're like in disrepair. They had huge, giant malls that used to just be like so busy and so thriving and now they're just like big empty things that they're not knocking down and they have like Mm -hmm. all kinds of issues and like that's that's where this one's going and there's a really the main character is this um he's like the caretaker of the mall and he's from new zealand and has just weird tendencies and is fascinating in his own right and then all the stuff that goes on in the mall on top of that it's really it's really interesting
0: that is always an interesting thing i I wouldn't call it a failing mall but like just clearly less busy probably than it was back in the day but a few of my bus routes when i worked for the cta ended at ford city mall Um, uh okay it's like not that far from midway airport um and it was like why are all these i don't think it makes that much sense for all these bus routes to end at this mall it's like barely a destination yeah uh, They're all over the south suburbs and south part of the city. Yeah, so it's it's interesting. Yeah, uh, my number four that I really clumsily alluded to uh, earlier is 1978's "The Last Waltz," which, if you haven't seen this, I gotta think is one of the best, if not the best, music documentaries out there.
1: Is it the one about the band?
0: Yes. So it's about the band. Uh, It's got tons of interviews. It's it's directed, I think, or at least produced. No, I'm pretty sure it's directed by Martin Scorsese. It's about their last show in San Francisco, uh, which would have been like 76 or 77. I forget. Uh, But it's awesome. So it's like both like, you know, partially a concert film and just has tons of great interviews. And I feel like it's just. It's got everybody in it, too, like Joni Mitchell uh bob dylan neil young eric clapton barf um <laughs> <and> <laughs> but like a lot of other uh muddy waters it's just it's awesome and there's such a good they're such a good band i feel yes. like I, there's not too many more bands that seem so perfectly cohesive the way that they've been and they they played for i think 16 17
1: years and this is like their last show and it's just it's just awesome That's been on my list for a long time. I need to watch it. Shout out to Scott Murphy, one of our biggest regular listeners. He's told me to watch it and I haven't. So I got to get on that.
0: I mean, I want to watch it again because I I saw it. I think I watched it in college and I probably saw it again, maybe like 10 years ago, but I was reminded like, Oh, I want to watch this again. Yeah. I think I would appreciate it even more.
1: I like their music.
0: Yeah, that's great.
1: Um, all right. What's your number three? My number three is a series of films made by the BBC called Up. Have you ever heard of this?
0: No. I feel stupid for not. I try to follow a lot of things that the BBC produces.
1: It's it's I Lisa found this. I, I was not aware of it either. I think we watched it maybe last year or the year before. And what it is is they found ten. 10 guys or 10 boys and four girls, I guess, because they were kids when it started in 1964, when they were seven years old and they, the, so the first one's called seven up. And what they did is basically, um, they had an episode every seven years spanning 56 years where they followed the same people. Oh, that's fascinating. It, yes. And see how they grew up. Cause they're all from like different backgrounds and different parts of England and different classes. Mm-hmm. So there's like a few really, really rich kids and then some like middle class and then some working class. And they just show like how the different opportunities they have. They compare their lives. They get together like every seven years. And the newest one was like a couple of years ago. It's just so, absolutely fascinating. Wow. So some of them talk like, oh, I'm a British
0: person. <laughs> and then some of them are like,
1: Oh, I, are British. <laughs> yeah. Like and that. some of them are, they yeah, some of them are chimney sweeps and some uh-huh. other ones are, you know, they're, they're getting driven around in a chauffeur driven car. Happen happened to chimney sweeps?
0: We need to bring back more chimneys to have more chimney sweeps.
1: I know. I agree.
0: Chimney uh, sweep. Yeah. You got a, you got a triple syllable of that one. It is. It's, that's how you say it. Chimney. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, chimney cricket.
1: Fascinating. I, I want to check that out. So, wait, how many episodes is it? Uh, I think total. Let me see if it says it in here. They did it for like fifty years? Well, There's nine episodes. Nine. Okay. Wow. Yeah, they did it. They started in 1964, and the most recent was 2019. Huh. And they're all. It's just we couldn't get enough of it. We were so excited to see the next one whenever one would finish because you just want to see like, what are all these kids like? How did they? they all have interesting stuff happen it's just awesome were
0: any of them and i i mean I don't want to speculate maybe a couple of them died or something but like were, did any of them like just i don't know if they signed contracts or what but like just refuse to be a part of it
1: yeah there was a, yeah definitely there were version like um episodes of it where the one or two or a few people just don't appear in it Mm -hmm. They don't really, like, sometimes they'll touch on why, but sometimes they don't, and then sometimes they come back. So it is, Mm -hmm. you can kind of see, like, that aspect, too, where maybe that's where they were in their life at the time. They weren't interested, but then later they are again. So that's another part of the intrigue of it. Yeah, it's like when you decide to go to your high school reunion. Like, I
0: think I would go now, and my 20th would be, like, next year. But I never would have gone to, like, my 10th. Or my fifth about it.
1: Yeah. I can't see ever going back to my high school to be completely honest.
0: I might not never go. But like (laughs) at least now it's not like the worst idea in the
1: world. Yeah. No, I see what you mean, yeah.
0: Uh okay. My number three is the other dream team, which was made in two thousand twelve and it follows the nineteen ninety two Lithuanian Olympic basketball team. Um which I've probably mentioned on this podcast before. I just think it's like a great documentary film. Um, it interviews lots of people on that team it uh, talks about like what that uh like journey was like for them because it was the first Olympics they had as an as a independent nation. Um after the I mean it was the USSR that won the basketball Olympics in 1988 being filled with Lithuanian basketball players. Uh, So the 1992 team, uh, Lithuania team, obviously they had to go against like the U.S. Dream Team and they weren't going to beat them, but they did get a bronze and what was really cool was that, I mean Lithuania was and kind of still is, but especially was a really poor country and uh, they didn't have funding for the team and the Grateful Dead uh, helped fund them and they had these really cool tie-dye warm-ups um that I think uh, it was just an awesome uh, aspect of that so totally worth it to see the story of the Lithuanian basketball team
1: yeah I I, uh, unfortunately forgot but that's an honorable mention for me because I watched it on your recommendation it's great it's unbelievably good yeah it's uh I don't know It's, it's cool it makes me proud to be a Lithuanian for sure yeah it was really interesting uh
0: all right what is your number two
1: my number two is let the fire burn which is about um a 1985 standoff between this um, black liberation group called move in philadelphia and -hmm. they had like this row of houses in in a poor neighborhood neighborhood in philadelphia that they kind of all lived in and they kind of turned it into an unofficial like i don't know what you would call it maybe like a compound or a commune or something like that and basically there's a standoff between them and the philadelphia police department and it's very there's a lot of footage from the televised hearings on like public access television so the guy who made this documentary there's no narrator everything Hmm. is covered by the newscast from the days when it actually happened and this hearing that happened right after because it was like basically unsurprisingly in this country but the police department, all white guys and a black liberation group, there was awful things happened and they had like this standoff and and they ended up getting like firebombed by a helicopter. Oh, um, so it's horrifying. And then this hearing that they get a lot of footage from after the fact talks to a lot of the officers and there's a couple of them that actually tried to help because there was a bunch of kids and stuff in this, you know, in this housing area. Mm -hmm. And it's just really, it's stuck with me. I first watched it like five or six years ago and it's one of the best, like mo- well put together just the way he chose to show everything that happened without having like any narration over the top of it. It's really powerfully made. And it's something that like, I feel like is under, you know, maybe not as well known as it should be because it was just so crazy that this even happened. It
0: is not as well known as it should be. I didn't even know about it.
1: Yeah. Huh. I recommend it. I recommended it, but it's a t- parts of it are really tough to watch, but it's worth it. But just know that going into it, it's not like a you know, it's pretty heavy duty stuff. So,
0: yeah, interesting. Um, all right, my number 2 is uh, let me see what year this is from. It was from 2009. It's The Cove. Oh wait.
1: Miss- Go ahead. Sorry. I'm just thinking if I had seen that or not.
0: Yeah, it's uh so it's a movie about essentially like illegal dolphin hunting in Japan. And the cove itself I mean, it talks a lot about the practice especially uh in Japan um but it it references this one specific cove where boats will enter the cove and I I really haven't seen this in a while. I actually saw it in the theaters in two thousand nine with Maggie, um, but they would make the boats would make a specific sound that would encourage the dolphins to go into this cove where they would be in shallow waters, and then they'd just be like bludgeoned to death and killed. Uh, and it was just crazy. It's what like probably the only documentary, at least about animals, that like. I like had like that strong of an emotional reaction to it. I actually think I shed a tear uh, if I'm
1: recalling correctly.
0: Uh, but it was, yeah, it was a powerful movie.
1: Yeah, I have not seen that. But now I don't know if I can even watch that. But that's I definitely am gonna read about it because I wasn't even aware of that.
0: Yeah, it is. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, check it out. The Cove. Yeah. Uh, all right. We are down to it. Your number one documentary.
1: My number one is hoop
0: dreams. Nice. I believe from, it or not. I haven't even seen this.
1: Oh, you gotta see hoop dreams. It's so good from 94. And it's in the Chicago area, like on the West side. It's just so awesome. I said, I watch it every couple of years. Cause it's like one of my, it was the, probably the first documentary I saw. I remember seeing it pretty young. Hmm and just loved it. And, and every time I watch it, I appreciate it more.
0: Were the players, did they make it anywhere?
1: Um, I believe if I recall, maybe, uh, William Gates, who was the one who ended up going to Marquette, he might've played in the CBA, but I don't think anybody made it to the NBA. Um, but it was really interesting. Really just seeing how they got recruited bust out to this like fancy high school just because of how good they were at basketball and you could see like where they lived and where they went to play and just how they tried to fit in and the twists and turns it takes it's really good what high school were they best out to it was called it's like saint joseph i think in westchester okay arthur adrey was in west Garfield park and then william gates was in cabrini green and they yeah saint joseph high school in westchester it was like a private school that was mostly white huh
0: yeah i'd be curious to check that out because that that was on a lot of lists and it's like i don't know how i haven't seen this before
1: it's really especially good Not a- it,
0: yeah especially having it been
1: like set in chicago yeah that's the other part i was going to say like as equally fascinating as just the story is but it's also so interesting to see like how chicago looked same thing i mentioned i think we had like a horror movie list and uh the candy man is set in the west yeah. side of chicago too in the southwest side probably but you can see a lot of um a lot you know, of interesting looks at Chicago too. Yeah.
0: Candyman also is uh mostly set in the Cabrini Green.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: And and UIC, which also look different in that movie.
1: Yeah.
0: Um school is ugly as hell. But proud proud alumni. <laughs> what am I trying to say? Um all right, my number one is Planet Earth. And I picked this because I just, I can't think of any other series that just kind of blew my mind. Yeah. Whether it was just like the the technique used to see these animals in, in certain ways for the first time or the quality of the filming, uh, especially at that time was like really breakthrough, but maybe it's just David Attenborough's soothing voice i don't really know but it just was so awesome
1: yeah i love planet earth too i sadly again it's a, that's why this is an interesting one there's something like i didn't even think of them somehow but it's great i love watching all of them they're all really good yeah um do you have any uh, honorable mentions you wanted to mention I do. I have a few, um, paradise lost, which is a crime documentary from HBO in the mid nineties about these three kids who get accused of child murders, basically in Memphis. Um, Mm -hmm. there's a series of three movies as they go through like their, their whole ordeal. Um, I liked 20 feet from stardom a lot, which is about backup singers. Um, and has a really amazing part that shows how, um, Mary Clayton sings on Gimme Shelter, the Rolling Stone song. And there's a whole story about how she recorded her vocals in that. I've that. Like, I've seen that. Yeah, awesome. it's, it's unbelievable. It's one of those like spine tingly, just awesome music yeah. documentaries. Um, same, speaking of that summer of soul, which Questlove made last year is awesome about the Harlem cultural festival in 69. It's amazing how like clean the footage is oh, of all okay. the bands. I do to that too. You got to check that out. Um, and then I have Minding the Gap, which is set in Rockford, Illinois, about these three kids who grew up together, um, and come back and meet up later to see like where their lives went. I, you can kind of tell I like stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, the, uh, thin blue line, which is Errol Morris from 88 about, it was like the first true crime crime documentary, basically, um, deliver us from evil from 2006 about this priest who was like abusing kids and got transferred all over to different churches Mm -hmm. and is just horrifying. And then, um, my series that I love is frontline PBS frontline. I just love like almost everything they do, but they had specifically two really good episodes about the war on terror called Bush's war. That is awesome to watch, like to see all the people they talk to and like the inside Mm -hmm. info you get from it. It's really good. All right. I'm gonna have to check that out. Um, yeah, mine were,
0: when we were kings uh and that's following mom and ali and, and george foreman um the uh roger and me which is uh michael moore's thanks i was about to say oh, roger yeah. Moore, because yeah he, i was like <laughs> <laughs> uh but it's his first i think it's his first documentary uh and it it reminds me that like oh yeah, he was like really talented and and this one's fascinating it's it's, uh uh follows uh the the shutting of i think it's a gm plant um in uh where where michael moore is from in michigan right that one's fascinating uh the jinx making a murder i liked my octopus teacher uh the wild and wonderful whites of west virginia if you've ever seen that that is
1: crazy I have seen that, and it is extremely crazy. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, And then one other, uh, actually two other ones, the Tinder Swindler, which I just watched as a recency bias. I probably wouldn't be on my list if we did this in like another month, but it was neat. Um, It was about a guy who basically is on Tinder, swindles uh, women out of huge amounts of money by like, I don't know. I, I just like don't understand how somebody can, be like a con man like this it's so involved but he would basically kind of pretend to be girlfriend and boyfriend with them for like two or three months and then then start the con of like oh and he would pretend he was super rich um and this son of like uh like a diamond magnate um and he would fly these people on private jets like it was like a really involved con and then after a set amount of time, he would say that like some, some of his enemies were following him and he couldn't use his credit card. And could you send me some money? And basically what he would do was have like a different girlfriend every two or three months and just do that cyclically. So all the rich, nice things that he was paying for was paid by the previous girlfriend for the new girlfriend. Oh my God. And he got away with it. it oh, the craziest thing is he got busted, kind of. Went to jail for a few months and is back doing it again oh my god yeah (laughs) i gotta watch this (laughs) and he's not they have a tough time like following him and arresting him because he's like going all throughout europe and like all over the place and it's i don't know if it's like the jurisdiction is kind of confusing or what but like oh okay uh yeah so that's an interesting one uh and then another one which is like a very slight documentary but i thought was kind of neat uh called long shot and it is about a guy who's accused of murder. He didn't do it. And his alibi is that he was at a baseball game where they were filming an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm.
1: I remember this.
0: Yeah. And that's how he kind of uh, gets off the hook. Is they can- He was in like b roll
1: footage, right?
0: Uh, I believe that's the case. Yeah. Yeah. So that one was just kind of neat, but it's, you know, it's not like powerful really. So yeah, this was like great category There's it. It uh, made me think back to the ones I've seen, the ones I and I want to see, and the list you have is a whole bunch
1: that I haven't seen. Yeah, we we named a ton, and there's like probably fifty that we that are great that we can keep going with it. Almost, but it's fun to. I love documentaries.
0: All right, so folks at home, if you have any documentaries you think we forgot about, go ahead and hit us up on our Twitter. That's at Whiskey Sessions or. Email us at whiskeysessionsmusic@gmail.com at gmail.com and we'll read your email on a future episode. But we got to get to your emails for this episode. So here they are. These are your emails.
1: You sent us emails to read. Emails. And now we'll read them.
0: All right. I have an email that says, Dear Whiskey Sessions, I just moved to Kentucky. And one of the laws here is that I need to start a distillery within two years of establishing residency or they'll ship me back to Indiana. I certainly don't want that. So my question for you is this. What is the world more in need of? Bourbons, ryes, or something else entirely? And this is from Porter in Radcliffe, Kentucky.
1: Hmm. I would say, I would say
0: rye. I think you're right, too. I mean, I don't see why Porter can't do both, but let's, uh, there, there are enough bourbons.
1: Yeah, you can find them. Yeah, but like, yeah, let's do, let's do a rye-focused distillery. I would like a rye. I would like you to start with a rye, please, because I, I feel like too often,
0: too often the focus with American whiskeys is the bourbon. And then it's like, oh, but we also do a rye, right? Why don't you be a rye that also does a bourbon or also exactly. does
1: something else? You can't go a rye when you start with a
0: rye. Hey, nice. Uh, all right. What else we got in the old email inbox?
1: I got an email from your hometown of Seattle. Oh, um, what? Yeah and it's a pretty good one i think Uh, they wrote my favorite way to drink in the summer probably referring to our summer drinks episode go check it out if you missed it Mm -hmm. my favorite way to drink in the summer is to sneak a bottle of boone's farm into the tanning bed sincerely sunburned in seattle um yeah that's funny
0: i the tanning culture in seattle you actually think it would exist but it really was not particularly strong
1: no, there wasn't people no. drinking in the tanning
0: butts. Not that I recall. I don't even remember people getting fake tans. Like, it wasn't until I moved to Chicago that tanning was not a totally ridiculous concept to me. Maybe like, I maybe. still have never gone tanning, but. Oh, no. Maybe
1: yeah. this is a scam of some kind. It could be.
0: I think I'm getting scammed. I'm, I'm
1: starting to doubt their Seattle ness. Yeah, they may not really be from there. Yeah. <laughs> maybe they just forgot because of all the boons farm. <laughs>
0: I also noticed they spelled Seattle with a C
1: yeah. really wondering. <laughs> yeah. That's a little, it's a little off. I don't know. It's like when you get one of those spam emails that has like windings in the title, it's like, oh, I wonder if this is real. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right.
0: If you want to send us an email again, it's whiskey sessions, music at gmail.com. We'd love to read it on a future episode or hit us up on our Twitter. That's whiskey sessions at whiskey sessions, of course. Uh, but that does it for this episode. Great to talk documentaries. Definitely I've got some homework after this, for sure, which is always the sign of a good app. Yes, I agree. B Pimp, you got any words of wisdom you want to leave our listeners with?
1: What's up, Doc?
0: What's up, Doc? Indeed. Until next time, it's Suzanne Mintz.
1: And B Pimp. Peace. Bye.